Do you want a politically incorrect gateway to a real history education? Then go to mclanahanacademy.com. That's mclanahanacademy.com. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 166. Are you ready to think locally and act locally? Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Glad to be here. Before you get started, all the usual things. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brian McClanahan. You can like my Facebook page, at Brian McClanahan. And, of course, you can subscribe to my YouTube page, at Brian McClanahan. If you don't want to go out and look for all those things, just go to my website, brianmcclanahan.com. That's Brian with an O. At the top of the page, you have all my social media buttons. And, of course, while you're there, give me an email address, and I will give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. Also, don't forget, you can buy my newest course at McClanahan Academy. It's on the Declaration of Independence, just in time for Independence Day. So going out to McClanahanAcademy.com, you've got all of my courses there. You've got one on the Declaration, one on Secession, one on Hamilton, and the largest course, the most comprehensive course, is the one on the war. So if you go to there and you enroll at McClanahan Academy for free, that's one thing you need to understand. You can enroll for free. You don't have to purchase a course. Enroll for free. All the people that have enrolled get the deals when the courses come out. So if you are a McClanahan Academy subscriber, you will find out about the courses first. And not just that, you will get the best deal on any future courses. And I will have another one coming out probably in the early fall uh, on the Constitution. So you're going to want to get in on that. But go to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's a way to support the Brian McClanahan Show. You can also support The Brian McClanahan Show by going to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep the lights on, help keep the podcast going. And you can always get your Brian McClanahan Show gear at redbubble.com. Just go on out and look for my name, redbubble.com. And of course, I do also teach at learntrue, T-R-U-E, history.com. You've got a comprehensive website there. You've got philosophy, economics, history, all kinds of cool things. So you want to go out and uh, subscribe there as well. Tom Woods, Kevin Goodsman, Jason Jewell, Brad Berzer, a whole host of great faculty members. Bob Murphy, you won't be disappointed with what you get at learntruehistory.com, including yours truly. So a lot of great ways to support the show, and I do appreciate anything you do to help support The Brian McClanahan Show. Okay, well, let's talk about the topic of the day, and it has to do with the recent election in New York. Now, first of all, this is an interesting election where Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is elected in a Democratic primary, shoe-in to win the general election in this district in New York for Congress. First and foremost, I've been critical of Ocasio-Cortez because she is an idiot, but not just that. Um, and I'm not going to talk about why she's an idiot, but there are some people saying, well, who cares if she doesn't know what she's talking about? This is democracy. This is what the people of her district wanted. Well, okay, that's true. But is that ever said about anyone, say, on the right, who wins in majority red, quote-unquote, red districts? Now, I would, there is, a, there's a, <laughs> a colleague that says, we should call these things what they are, the, the the people on the right should be the blue and the people on the left should be the red because they really are the communists. And I, I mean, I can see that point. But we've we've gotten in this situation where it's red and blue and the Republicans are red and the Democrats are blue. Look, I don't like either parties. I think I've made that clear in this podcast over and over again. The Republican Party is awful. 
But in a state like Alabama, where you had Roy Moore win, in a, in a state where Republicans win all the time, there was an outrage over Roy Moore getting the nomination, and people poured money in from all over the country to try to defeat Roy Moore in the general election, and it worked. People stayed home because they didn't like Roy Moore. Uh, but yet when, a, when a, someone on the left does this, well, that's great. That's democracy in action. This is what her constituents want. And, you know, honestly, I could care less if the, her reach didn't extend beyond New York. That's what real federalism is about. That's what thinking locally, acting locally is about. If the, if the idiots in New York want to have a communist as uh, their representative, well, go to it. You can have your communist government in New York. Just don't make the rest of the United States or subject the rest of the United States to your stupid ideology. So I'm fine with that. Look, the people in New York want to have a communist. Great. You want to have a communist city government? Fantastic. You want to have a communist state government in New York? Go to it. As long as, you know, if that's what the majority in New York wants, go to it. But uh, don't subject the rest of the United States to this. So this is why I've been an advocate, say, of California secession. If California wants to leave the Union, fine, go to it. Have your communist utopia of California where people leave human waste, 20-pound bags of human waste on the streets and needles and uh, do drugs right on the sidewalk. Hey, if you want that, you want to have entire villages of uh, homeless people on the sidewalks, go to it. If you want to have an economy that's so horrible that you have all of this stuff, have at it in California. But just don't subject the rest of the United States to your utopian idiocy. So that's the first point I want to make about Miss Ocasio-Cortez. But there's a couple of things that have come through uh, because I, I, I followed her on Twitter just to see what kind of nonsense she puts out there. Uh, and there's a couple of things that have come through. First of all, first and foremost, number one, and I'm gonna, this is what I'm going to focus on most of the podcast, most of this episode, is her position that she is a, quote, democratic socialist. Now, what does that actually mean? What does it mean to be a democratic socialist? She doesn't know what it means. In fact, she can't even define it because she doesn't really know what she's talking about. The second thing is she put up a, uh, an image where it showed uh, Sean Hannity went out and criticized her on uh, Fox News for her positions on several things. And, yep, pretty much that's what I believe. So let's talk about what the democratic socialists are. And I actually want to base this on an MSNBC segment where they tried to define democratic socialism. You had these idiots go up there and say, well, the most of, uh, searched word of Merriam-Webster is democratic socialist. Why? Because this, again, is a play on words. Look, these people are socialists. You can call it democratic socialist. You can call it progressive. You can call it gradualist. And throughout American history, people have done this. And they do it because they don't want to actually be defined for what they are, which are socialists. Now, Marx was very critical of the democratic socialists because he believed they were essentially a halfway house. They, weren't, they didn't go far enough, yet he understood that it was part of the process. And in fact, what quote-unquote democratic socialists figured out is that revolutionary socialism, which is what Marx advocated, was impracticable. It didn't, it didn't work well because people didn't like the, the, the part of the revolution. They didn't want to go through that. It's, it's, it's unrest, it's violence, um, and it was far easier just to use a democratic process to get socialism. 
it's the same thing. Your objective is the same thing, to have a socialist state, ultimately a communist state. And these people, they'll say, well, I don't believe that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And I'm going to explain. We're, going to, we're actually going to go to the document itself. The man himself, Karl Marx, we're going to go right to him. And I, you know, this is when I was in, as an undergraduate, I had a professor, Dr. O'Loughlin, who would say things like, I swear to Marx. Now, Dr. O'Loughlin was a communist, but he also was essentially a democratic socialist. So were all the other professors in the political science department at this institution. Well, one of them wasn't, but he was still a, a lefty. Um, they were. This is what they believed in. Um, th they believed that you use the apparatus that they had, which was elections, to get communists, socialists elected to positions. And then, of course, because that was there, this is how you brought about the communist Marxist state. And they they talked about this openly in class. I mean, this was not something that uh, was was you you didn't you didn't have to try to figure out where they came from. They were very open about it, very open about their positions on uh, political economy and uh, and society. So certainly, these people just because they believe in elections doesn't mean they're not socialists. And so uh, I want to uh, first I want to talk about this little piece on MSNBC. MSNBC. So first. The, the nitwit lady comes on there, and there's no way to describe her but a nitwit because she's just so stupid she can't get out of her own way. She comes on and says, you know what? People are looking up this democratic socialist thing, and it's, it's, not, uh, it's not traditional socialism. It's not. It's not traditional socialism at all. It's not even a call for communism. Why? Because... These people don't believe that you need to own production, the democratic socialists. So in her mind, her mind, number one, it's not communism. It's not socialism even because they're not calling for the ownership of production. They don't, they don't call for that. So in her mind, the only thing that makes communism communism or socialism socialism is the ownership of production. But then she even contradicts herself. First of all, she says this is not... Um, Communism is a political ideology, whereas socialism is more focused on economics. Hmm. Interesting. That's not true at all. <laughs> they're both a focus on economics, and they're both an ideology. That's one of the major problems with them, because they exist in the minds of the idiots that push this message alone. There's no tradition in it. There's nothing there. In fact, Marx was very critical of tradition. They are both against tradition. And I'm going to go right to the Communist Manifesto and show you where it says this. So the democratic socialists are socialists. What she says then is that essentially the democratic socialists want to get socialist ideas, but through democracy. So wait, I thought you just said it wasn't socialism, but yet then you said, well, they want to get socialist ideas through democracy. Again, she's not very clear here on what the difference is. Now, Marx advocated stages of revolution, right? So you went from feudalism to capitalism to socialism to communism, and in each particular stage there would be some type of revolution. So certainly he was a revolutionary socialist. But again, people figured out very quickly that wasn't going to work too well. Uh, and, and Marx admired 
the French Revolution. He admired what happened in France in 1830, the Revolution of 1830. He admired these things. But he didn't think they went far enough. In fact, he was critical of the French because they got, they, they got sidetracked. And they tried to maintain too much of tradition in the process. So they needed to get rid of all that stuff. They needed to get rid of tradition, essentially. So this is why people will talk about cultural Marxism and eradicating tradition. So you see, even though you call yourself a democratic socialist, I don't think you really know what that term means. And these idiots that try to define it as something other than socialism have no idea what they're talking about. Because when you look at what the democratic socialists want, they do want to tear down traditional society. They don't like it. They don't like traditional social norms. They don't like any of this stuff. They want to get rid of it all. So she says, then this, this nitwit on MSNBC, I don't even know her name. It's irrelevant. It's nitwit is her name. Then she says things like, uh, well, the democratic socialists want to bring about uh, reasonable things like banking reform, medicine, free education for all, and the ability for all to work. Those are reasonable, right? The ability for all to work. Hmm. You know, that sounds a lot like something. I'm trying to put my finger on Oh, yeah, communism. <laughs> now, nobody would suggest that who is someone who doesn't believe in communism, that people shouldn't be able to work. Of course we do. The thing is, when you start restricting capital the way you do, you can't hire enough people to go work because you have to pay an exorbitant amount of money in taxes, which, oh yeah, the Communist Manifesto talks about that too. Uh, they call this, she says, bread and roses. Bread and roses. Doesn't that sound nice? You know, Lyndon Johnson had guns and butter, but this is just bread and roses. Uh, I mean, this is... This is ridiculous. And then she brings up things like Medicare, Medicaid, Amtrak. These are all just socialist programs. And see, people like this stuff in America. Now, I would agree with her here. You know, see, what's happened in America through gradualism, which is essentially democratic socialism, we have gotten in the welfare state, the Great Society, the New Deal. And in fact, Franklin Roosevelt in his, in his uh, second Bill of Rights was advocating a democratic socialist state. We've gotten these things. These become the talking points of the Democratic Party. So they've always been socialists. And in fact, people point this out in the, in the last half of the 20th century. They just don't call themselves that. Ocasio-Cortez is simply saying, hey, look, this is what we are. We are socialists. They are. They're socialists. And they've taken on parts of the Communist Manifesto that had long been, more or less, not necessarily the economic side, but also the the uh, traditional revolutionary side when it came to tearing down society, they've, they've adopted some of that stuff too. They have become more Marxist communists, but they just don't want to call themselves that. Again, this is all smoke and mirrors. Uh, and, and she also said that the democratic socialists don't just want uh, the ability to survive, not just the ability to survive, but the ability to thrive. The ability to thrive, not just survive, but thrive. Like uh, somehow the free market 
doesn't create the ability for people to thrive. I mean, you know, look, when you look at the West and what the free market has done in the West, now, granted, we don't actually have the free market. We haven't had it for, for years, decades. But you look at what it's done. You look at poverty in the West compared to poverty in other parts of the world. I mean, these people are just so delusional in what the actual West has been able to provide people. This is why people are trying to come here in droves. Because they want to have what the West provides, which is the ability to thrive, not just survive. But you have to have some initiative. So what communism does is remove any type of personal responsibility for you to, to improve your own lot. right? Take it from somebody else and give it to me. I'm going to vote your stuff instead of just take it through force. So let's go back to the Communist Manifesto. First of all, let's look at what uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, this is what Sean Hannity said, that she wants medicine for all, housing as a human right, a federal jobs guarantee. Those are three things that are 100% straight from the Communist Manifesto, because in order to get it, you're going to have to tax exorbitantly to do it. Um, gun control, assault weapons ban, criminal justice reform, uh, immigration justice, abolish ICE, solidarity with Puerto Rico, mobilizing against climate change, clean campaign finance, higher education for all, women's rights, support, support for LGBTQIA, support for seniors, curb Wall Street gambling, restore Glass-Steagall. So let me focus on a couple of these things. The first three, the last one, Glass-Steagall, um, which... Okay, when you look at Glass-Steagall, um, that was uh, what's interesting about is Carter Glass and uh, Henry Steagall were from Alabama, and this was a time in the Progressive Era when Southerners looked at the uh, at the central banking system and said, "You know what? We're going to get back at these New England guys who have uh, hurt us, so we're going to pass banking reform." So that's actually a in whole interesting historical process, but. Certainly, when you look at that, and you look at what's going on there, and then you compare it to the Communist Manifesto, you have it. And, of course, some of the other things in here, where there is uh, issues of social issues, the Communist Manifesto is very clear on these things as well. This is all communism. Uh, so, let's look at the Communist Manifesto. And in, at the end of, let's see, chapter 2, or section 2, Proletarians and Communists, Marx actually outlines um, what the communist revolution will look like. And he actually goes through how this is going to happen. Um, he says, look, let us have done with the bourgeois objections to communism. We have seen above that the first step in the revolution by the working class is to raise the proletariat to the position of ruling as to win the battle of democracy. Ooh, there's that term, democracy, the battle of democracy. We have to raise the proletariat to position as to win the battle of democracy. So essentially, you're going to use the working class, the proles, and Marx's terms of proles and bourgeois, this is all just garbage. But anyways, you're going to use the democracy to ensure that the working class, in his mind, those on the lowest rung, are able to 
vote themselves into power. Oh, wait, but I thought you said socialism wasn't democratic. Nitwit on MSNBC. And then he continues, the proletariat will use its political supremacy to wrest by degrees all capital from the bourgeoisie, to centralize all instruments of production in the hands of the state, i.e. of the proletariat organized as the ruling class, and to increase the total of productive forces as rapidly as possible. The proletariat will use its political supremacy, meaning democracy, to wrest by degrees, by degrees, all capital from the bourgeoisie. Well, how do you do that? Marx will then tell you how this is going to happen. Of course, he says in the beginning, this cannot be effected except by means of despotic inroads on the rights of property and on the conditions of bourgeois production, by means of measures, therefore, which will appear economically insufficient and untenable, but which, in the course of the mo movement, outstrip themselves, necessitate further inroads upon the old social order, and are unavoidable as a means of entirely revolutionizing the mode of production. You see, he has to get rid of the old social order because he says above, above this, but communism abolishes eternal truths. It abolishes all religion and all morality. Instead of con constituting them on a new basis, it therefore acts in contradiction to all past historical experience. Now, this is a critique of communism. It's a critique. And he, he basically says, well, yeah, it's going to do that. It's going to do this. It's going to get rid of traditional property relations. It's going to get rid of all traditional ideas. He says, no wonder that its development, meaning communism, involves the most radical rupture with traditional ideas. Yeah, because it's going to get rid of those things. It has to. It has to. This stuff will not exist because the state becomes your religion. So here's what he says needs to happen in this communist society. Number one, nevertheless, in the most advanced countries, the following will be pretty generally applicable. Number one, abolition of property and land and application of all rents of land to public purposes. So essentially, this is free housing for all. <laughs> and that's, that's what they want, right? Free housing for all. Somebody else has to pay for it. Housing as a human right, as, as she defines it. But this is free housing for all because you can't have rents. You can't have rents. It, it essentially has to be free. The state takes it over. Um, and somebody else pays for it. A heavy progressive or graduated income tax. We already have that. We already have that. But see, that's in the Communist Manifesto. This is just democratic socialism. No, it's in the Communist Manifesto. Abolition of all right of inheritance. This is the death tax, right? You just tax it to where nobody can have any inheritance. Tax it heavily. It's in the Communist Manifesto. Confiscation of all property of all immigrants and rebels. Now, that would be uh, despotic. Uh, but certainly, uh, there is some discussion that if you leave, I mean, essentially what he's talking about here, if you leave from 
from the state, you say, all right, we're out of here. You're going to take all their property as they leave. You, they can't have it. They can't bring it with them. And if you resist, well, then you're taxed more. Centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly. Oh, you mean like abolishing the Wall Street casino um, and the creation of a Federal Reserve central banking system? This is in the Communist Manifesto. Controlling credit. Centralization of the means of communication and transport in the hands of the state. You mean like Amtrak? Or you mean like taking over the uh, wireless networks, giving people free phones and all kinds of things. You have in the state control all of our communication. And this is, this is across party lines now. What I just mentioned is something the Trump administration wants to do. But this is essentially what they want. Extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state, the bringing of into, cult un, into cultivation of wastelands, and the improvement of the soil generally in accordance with a common plan. So this is economic planning. Factories owned by the state. You see, the democratic socialists are fine with certain parts of the economy owned by the state. They're fine with it. Just have, have the government own certain parts of, of, of production, whether it's electricity, well... Just have the state on that stuff because that's a human right. I mean, go back again to what she said as a human right. Uh, a federal jobs guarantee. I'll get into that in a second. Medicine or Medicare for all, which is medicine for all, right? Again, you don't have to pay for any of this stuff. You just get it. Well, who pays for it? Well, the heavy graduated income tax is going to pay for it. Of course, there's not enough money to do this, but that's okay. And people say, well, we'll get rid of the defense budget. Well, I mean, I'm all for cutting the defense budget. We, we spend more money than we need to on, on defense. But uh, it needs to be cut because we're running trillions of dollars of deficits. These people have no concept of economics. Now, com combination, oh, I'm sorry, equal liability of all to labor Establishment of industrial armies, especially for agriculture. Wait a second. This is um, a federal jobs guarantee. Oh, yeah, I saw that before. There it is. A federal jobs guarantee. Equal, equal liability of all to labor. There's your federal jobs guarantee. It's in the Communist Manifesto. But I thought this nitwit said, this is, this is not communism because it's not a call for, for, for uh, communism. It's, it's, it's not a call for the means of production. Control the means of production. No. Oh, it's not? Oh, I, okay. Well, that's funny because it's in the Communist Manifesto what she's going through here. Um, combination of agriculture with manufacturing industries, gradual abolition of the distinction between town and country by a more equitable distribution of the population over the country. Now, I don't think the Democratic Socialists really want this because they don't want to live with all of the uh, flyover people. They don't, they don't want to do that. They just want to concentrate everybody in the cities, and then you just have you just control the government from a few urban centers. Uh, here you get free education for all children in public schools. Oh, wait, but I thought this wasn't communist. This is just reasonable, non-communist, non-ideological stuff. But here it is in the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> it's just, it's, but it's just reasonable, right? It's just, here it is. 
and, and of course, th this would continue out for higher education and everything else nowadays. I mean, this is abolition of children's factory labor in its present form, in its present form, but of course, children can work in the factories in some other form. Combination of education with industrial production, etc., etc., etc. So anything that would uh, elevate the proletariat to a position of power that would make, in Marx's mind, class distinctions disappear, but it won't happen that way because this new class will be the ruling class. And as he says, you're going to have to confiscate the property of all immigrants and rebels. You're going to have to get rid of them. There has to be a ruling class. There has to be a class that destroys the other class. So Marx believes in place of the old bourgeois society with its classes and its class antagonisms, we shall have an association in which the free development of each is the condition for the free development of all. Oh, that sounds so nice. But this is what Ocasio-Cortez wants. It's the Communist Manifesto. Democratic socialism is socialism. Democratic socialism is communism. It's just putting lipstick on a pig. And because you're going to vote people to do it. I mean, this is where people are so stupid. They think, well, if we don't take it by force, it's not really communism. It's not. Sure it is. You're just doing it through a vote. You're plundering people with 50 plus 1%. And um, I had some idiots on, on Twitter you know, respond back to me with their stupidity. And uh, so I use an example of uh, Ocasio-Cortez's bar. And I said, we all went to her bar and we all voted that she pick up the tab for all of us. And buy it. We, were, we were willing to drink the drinks. But she said, no, but you know, we voted for it. So majority rules, democratic socialism. This is what it is. We said yes. And, and Marx is very clear. When the proletariat organizes, when the working class, or the people that think that they're, they need justice and liberty, and he uses these terms. Now, he uses them and say, well, we won't need to worry about these terms anymore. But he uses those terms. This is justice. This is justice. And you have to tear down the old social order because the old social order, he was critical of the French Revolution because it left some of the old social order in place. And that's because people like Robespierre realized that people just couldn't wholesale get rid of it. They, they still wanted to hang on to some of the things. That's why he created the Church of Reason, because people needed a church. You got rid of the Catholic Church, but they needed some kind of church. So there you had it, the Church of Reason. So this is the danger when people like Ocasio-Cortez, because most Americans are so they have no concept of what these things are. And then you have MSNBC twits getting on there and saying, this isn't socialism, because I know what socialism is. No, I really don't. I really don't know what it is, because I'm an idiot. And then, of course, while she's saying these things, you have some dummy in the background saying, mm-hmm, uh-huh, uh-huh, as their, uh, you know, well, Amtrak. I remember when Joe Biden was running, we, we need Amtrak. we got to save Amtrak. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people are going to pull levers to save Amtrak. Well, I, I don't know. I got to vote for Biden because he's going to save Amtrak. How stupid uh, do they think people are? But I mean, I guess you know some people pull the levers, so there are lots of stupid people. So, anyways, when you when you hear this term democratic socialism, understand, and I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're you're probably already aware. But democratic socialism is communism. It is. It's what it is. 
the socialists are communists. It's just a, it's another stage in the process by which you would get communism. And Marx is open about it. He says, look, we're going we're gonna to use the democratic process to get there. Ultimately, we have to have communism. Socialists are, uh, I mean, it's, they're not good enough. The democratic socialists are too weak. They don't have, but it's good. We need these people because these coalitions will actually help bring about the communist utopia ultimately. So this is what, this is where people like Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders and all the quote-unquote democratic socialists running around in America are really communists. I mean, Bernie Sanders openly praised Fidel Castro, and they all loved the Soviet Union. I mean, these, but we've, we've been so far detached from the Cold War now. You have people that are, uh, you know, running for Congress that don't even remember it. I mean, look, if you're, if you're 28 years old, you were born right at the end of the Cold War. You never even lived in it. And unfortunately, in, in, uh, in schools, we're not taught anymore that communism is what it is, which is a, an evil ideology. It's an evil ideology. And it is an ideology, which is the exact opposite of tradition. And tradition is important. I'm all for thinking locally, acting locally. And if people in New York want to have a socialist government, have at it. Just don't subject the rest of the United States, the other states to your wild, utopian schemes. I'll see you next time on The Brian McClendon.